0: This episode is brought to you by Ursa Minor Outfitters. Folks, I'm absolutely in love with my Loon mug. It's handmade, it's an absolute piece of art. Whether it's at the office or at the house, people keep asking to check it out. If you're not a Loon fan, they also have other beautiful mugs for wildlife fans of moose, bears, and eagles. They specialize in products highlighting the outdoors and local pride through quality design by local artists. They've even started expanding into items beyond mugs, like apparel, dog accessories, and soon candles and more. They also try to Partner and highlight other small businesses, and in some cases, forgo profits in lieu of charitable giving to help their community, such as the dog rescue. So check them out, UrsaMinorOutfitters.com, and enter promo code HikesMike's10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for our four-legged hiking partners, they also have a portable silicone dog bowl and also a sweet over-the-collar dog bandana. Go check them out, UrsaMinorOutfitters.com, and don't forget to enter promo code HikesMike's10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Welcome everyone to the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm your host Ivan, and together we'll embark on a weekly journey connecting with extraordinary hikers from all corners of the U.S. and beyond. As the cool and colorful embrace of fall envelops the Northern Hemisphere, we've had the privilege of conversing with remarkable individuals throughout this season. Their experiences and adventures will leave you yearning to hit the trails. And in today's episode, we're heading to the great state of Alabama to talk to our special guest, B, which you can follow him on Instagram, at NOLA underscore roots. B shares with us some of his favorite hikes in and around Alabama, including some amazing and unique waterfall hikes. He also shares with us his incredible hiking experiences in the Pacific Northwest, Hawaii, and Iceland. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with our guest, B. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm really excited to talk to our next guest. He's going to be describing a hidden gem when it comes to waterfalls here in the United States, and that's Alabama. But he's been to some amazing places across the U.S. and abroad. Thanks, B, for joining us on the podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you. You know, we always like to start off by asking our guests how long they've been hiking for and how they got started.
1: Uh, I've been hiking for about six years now. Uh, I moved from San Antonio to Huntsville, and I uh, was literally trying to find something to do. And I went hiking with this small group and immediately fell in love with it. We did a small, easy hike, maybe two miles. But just the, just the experience of being outside again, it brought me back to my youth. And then I realized how important being outside was to me. So, and then I was hooked. And then I, from there on, I was, you know, doing research and trying to find local hikes to go on and uh, even explore some caves, which was like different for me. You know, I heard about that from my moms and of course, and everybody else in the family. So, yeah, but then, you know it lit the fire.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about some of the caves you have been able to explore, but could you share with us a little bit about what the hiking scene is in and around your neck of the woods?
1: I would say the hiking scene uh, in, this, in this area is very active, you know, but it's not as active as places like the Pacific Northwest, you know? So I active in this area, you might encounter uh, 10 people on a hike, depending on the time of the year. If it's a watering hole or a swimming hole, then of course you know it's those those crowds are going to be a little bit bigger there. But it's an active scene. Uh, it's, it's, the people are generally very nice on the, on the trails. Uh, you could find the information is readily available. It's it's a really active hiking scene. And, but the range of the hiking is broad because you can get in this area and drive two hours and be in another state. Uh, you can be in Tennessee. Uh, you can uh, go to the west to um, Arkansas and all those other places. So you know within a six hour drive you can really. Get into some really nice hiking.
0: Yeah, and we were talking about that beforehand, and I think that's one of the things I love about the East Coast is everything is so readily accessible by car or train, like Like you said, you can go in any direction for a couple hours and be in a whole new landscape. When you do have a free weekend, do you have some favorite um, hikes or destinations that you like to travel to?
1: Well, this past year, uh, I started going down to Bankhead National Forest, which is in like central, north central Alabama area. And uh, there's some beautiful things out there, you know. So I would say anything in that Bankhead National Forest area, you can't miss. Upper and lower White Creek Falls are great. It's just so many to name, you know, so many uh, waterfalls out in the area to name. And then, you know, at times you can go out there and have the, the trail and the waterfall to yourself. And some of those are some spectacular waterfalls to not have anyone with you. So if you're looking for a good escape, you know uh, those going to be the ones. I love the ones in Tennessee as well. There's Machine Falls, and right around the corner from that is Rutgers Falls. Those can get a little peoply because people love to swim in them, which I don't blame them. I've jumped in <laughs> once or twice. So it's uh, you know, those 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 were probably the ones off the top of my head. But you can't miss in this area. You
0: really can't. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up waterfalls because the more people I talk to, they're telling me that Alabama of like a secret waterfall destination. Like you guys have a ton of them and they're easily accessible for the most part. How would you describe the waterfall scene there in Alabama? Abundant.
1: <laughs> this is everywhere, man. And, uh, and if that's what you like to do and you're not, you know, you're not really into, you know, the the five to six mile hikes to the waterfall, then, you know, Alabama, like I said, that bankhead area, you know, and then you go, you know, you go a little bit further northwest, then they're all over the place. It'll keep you engaged. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're a novice hiker and you want to just get out and get to a waterfall and your, your fitness might not be where it is to be, you have those second thoughts like, oh, I don't know if I can make this. This is the perfect area for you to make them. Are there steep uh, waterfalls hikes? Yes, there are. There's a few that's strenuous that will get your attention and not in a good way. <laughs> so, But they do have those around here, you know, but for the most part, you can find a, a waterfall that most people of any uh, age group can complete. So it's accessible to everyone who has a decent fitness level and then a lot of times it's the group you go with you know they're, they're encouraging you talking to you the conversation is flowing uh, you know then of course you could do whatever you want right for two or three miles right it's not that bad
0: I'm glad you you brought up the the difficulty level because there was one that you posted recently and Correct me on the name, but wasn't it like Bust Your Ass Falls?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in North Carolina, but it wasn't. It it was named Bust. I think it's named that because you can slide down the waterfall and hit, you know, and and hit your butt in the water. I think that's. I'm not a local for that area, but I think that's what it is because it wasn't a hard hike to get to. Oh, okay. But it's just a name that was catchy and. uh, Drove by and I was like, oh, I have to stop
0: to get it. This is a difficult question and you probably have multiple answers, but any favorite or unique waterfalls there in your area that you um, kind of tend to go back frequently?
1: Yeah, uh, what are, it's a struggle hike. hike. Uh, the wall of Jericho. It's a tough hike. Uh, the incline is insane. But the color of the water, uh, the bridge crossings, and then the water crossings as well. Once you get to the end, uh, the waterfall is like northern this area. You know, but it's also one of those ones that you don't want to do if there's no water down there. If it's dry, you're not going to bust your butt and go in there and come on out. Right. It's just like, nah. So you want to wait for that waterfall early spring, you know, February. Or, you know, it's going to be cold, uh, but early spring is probably better like April. Um, it's probably one of my favorite heights, but it's it's one of those heights where you're walking in with your backpacks on, you're smiling, having a great time. And the people that's coming out are not speaking to you. And it's not because they're being rude. It's just they just don't have the women speak, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's it's, uh, I mean, it's all inclined coming out, I think. At my fastest, I might have done it in an hour and 30, maybe, without stopping. When I got to the truck, I finished off the six-pack and slept for a while before I got home, you know. <laughs> It was tough, man. But that's just moving. You know what? I was by myself, so I didn't have you know I didn't have anyone talking to me. So I was just really trying to trek and get out of there. It's a really that's one of the ones that I really like. Uh, Stephen Gap is another one that's really nice. You know, it's just so many. The Soto Falls and uh, right in in the Fort Payne area. That's another one that's a really nice waterfall. um, You know, when it's flowing heavy, you know you can't. It's hard to say just one because there's so many in this area. Uh, Like I said, Bankhead has probably seven of them that I love as well.
0: Yeah, You mentioned one that really caught my attention, and that's Stephen Gap Cave. And your pictures are incredible. What's the process to get into Stephen Gap Cave? Is it a little bit of a bouldering situation or is there a pretty good trail that leads you into the cave?
1: All right. So it's funny you say that because Stephen Gap was my second hike. It was my second hike I've ever done. And I was I did that with my daughter. So I was really new. I didn't have any hiking boots. I was hiking in jeans. Didn't do anything about all trails. It was just, I was just out there. You know, that was, but that was before the permit. Now you have to get a permit or whatever. So we got to the end and it was so muddy. We didn't go in the cave. I was worried about her. You know, I was like, I don't know about this. Right. So then later on, I wound up going back. At that point, you still didn't need a permit. And I was able to descend into the cave. Uh, But now you have to uh, register with this local authority uh, branch. You can't remember the name right now, but you have to register with them and sign a waiver to go in. And then uh, they Suggest that you have certain s- safety equipment because a lot of people, unfortunately, lose their lose their lives out there. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, sometimes they look at the top of the cave and lose their footing and then they fall down. In so here recently this year, one of the hikers that I'm I'm cool with this, his handle is the slightly handsome hiker. Um, yeah. I don't know about all that, but you know, so, <laughs> you know, he was, he was an area really good guy. Really good guy to hike with, super cool. So he was in this area and he's like, hey, man, would you like to hike? So I was like, cool. And it was, it was crazy because it was a tornado watch, right? <laughs> so, but he, you know, he's, he's on the time frame thing, right? And like, dude, this is a tornado watch. So it was raining and blah, blah, blah. So we got out there and I had never seen Stephen Gap with that much water. I mean, the flow was insane. Along the trail was insane. The It's a trail. It's not a, you know, you don't have to bushwhack or anything like that. It is a trail. It was easy to navigate through. So it's not a bad, I think it was probably a mile hike in, but okay. it's one of those places that you have to be super careful, you know, because it's very slippery in there. If uh, you can see some of the pictures I post, I'm not a, a risk taker, right? So I'm off the ledge, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, this is all I have. You know, he laughed, he laughed at me. He's like, hey, man, it's funny. He's like, but. understand everybody has to have their limits which was cool right you know i let him do his thing however that went you know and i was like dude this is all i have this is all i don't have any more than this you know so those pictures that you might see was like oh they were nice but i wasn't close to the edge and i wasn't you know i was like nah you know i gotta get out of here you know but it's, it's, it's it's a beautiful cave but you just get a permit you apply for a permit and you do a digital copy online then they come back now there's a gate. Before when I first go on, you just drive in. So now you have to get the, the gate code and then they let you have access to the parking lot. So certain days a week you can go as well. There's a lot of little stipulations with it. They try to preserve the area, which they should. It's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous and beautiful, a beautiful place.
0: If I were to go for a weekend trip, would it be possible for me to, to be there in Alabama and get a permit that weekend or should I be planning ahead of time?
1: No, you have to plan ahead of time. I would uh, because they only give out so many permits I think, a day. I think make sure you get it, and you know, and then during the summer and the spring, more people are going to be outside, of course. So those permits will be harder to get. You know, so I would plan ahead at least. I mean, if you're going to at least a month ahead, Just be like, OK, you know, this is what I'm going to be here. Are there any available slots? It's so it's such a beautiful place. You want to plan around.
0: It. Yeah. And you you've taken some gorgeous pictures from multiple trips and there's ones where the water is kind of dried up. But then there's another one where it's raging. And I think there's even one where somebody's like um, rappelling down from the top. It's just gorgeous pictures. Things. Thank you. Uh, Before we we started, you know, we kind of share a connection with waterfalls where I started really hiking and falling in love with hiking because of a waterfall hike. And waterfalls are a frequent feature on your IG feed. What's been your connection with waterfalls and waterfall hikes?
1: Well, I'm from New Orleans, of course. So being raised there, you're just surrounded by water all the time. So we spent a lot of time at the pool or, uh, you know, swimming in the river or wherever we can get in the water. We wanted to be in the water, you know. So as a Child, I always was around water and seafood and stuff like that. And then I got older, life gets in the way, job, other things to do. So then you get away from them. So when I started hiking again, I started the first couple of hikes, was, you know, after Stephen Gap was involving water. Then I started realizing how important being around water is to me, right? Because it brought me back to my time as, as a kid in New Orleans. So, it, you know, it's something that brings a, a youthfulness uh, to me to be around water and just to hear the water. A lot of times take my boots off and put my feet in the water, you know? Maybe have a beer or two, not too many. i know, got to be safe on the trail, but, yeah. you know, so but yeah, so that's the connection. So it always brought me back to the time as a kid and loving to be in the water. So, and the waterfalls give me that, that youthful feeling again,
0: which is great to have. You know, this episode is going to be coming out in the middle of fall. For Alabama and, and that region, do you have any favorite fall color hikes?
1: Right here in Huntsville, there's this, it's called Mount Sano. Is close by. And there's some real interesting rock formations, and if you catch the weather just right, there's little small waterfalls and stuff. It's beautiful. The colors are amazing uh, during the fall. Of course, I said Bankhead is going to be uh, nice as well. Um, you can go right down to Tennessee. This place called Denny Cove is a really nice, spectacular waterfall with the uh, the colors are beautiful going on out there. You're walking on like a ledge almost, and you can, the overlook is amazing on that side. There's a couple, like Stone Door, I think it's called. I um, can't remember the whole name, but it's it's a stone wall, but that's a, that's amazing as well. You know those those views that you look out um, and see the you know the changing of the leaves, which is different because we didn't in New different for me because in New Orleans we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know it was either just hot or cold. So yeah, we didn't get anything else. So you know moving outside of uh, New Orleans and Texas and moving here and experiencing the changing of the leaves and and those things are totally different for me. But it's also very attractive and um, it pulls you in.
0: You know they always release that map. And it seems like the progression starts in the Northeast and then throughout October, it um, trickles down to the South. I know it changes from the year to year, but is there like a block of weeks each year that might be prime fall colors in your neck of the woods?
1: Uh, you want to go, you know, anywhere the second or third week in October or even maybe the first week, you know, um, you're going to get some change there. But that second week, October, is going to be, you know, you're gonna get the most bang for your buck. So yeah, that around, around that time, you know, should be. And you can, like I said, as you go further up in Tennessee, you're gonna be happy with the results of those those hikes in yeah. that without the price tag. You know, uh, last year I went to Ithaca and everything. You know, it was it was the prices of Airbnb seemed like they were more expensive than they normally would have been. And we checked the prices when we came back and they were all different. So you're gonna get some of the same stuff here. Uh, as far as the, the colors, but you're not going to have to deal with the prices and the crowds yeah. see on the Northeast.
0: Yeah, true, true. You know, with fall coming, that means winter is not too far behind. And I feel like a prime hiking season throughout the entire South from California to Georgia. It seems like winter is one of the prime hiking seasons. Any upcoming um, winter hikes that you're going to be enjoying during the winter months?
1: During the winter months, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, of course, go to South Carolina. I hadn't been to South Carolina. It's been one of those places that was right there. This is only six hours. It's right there, but I always find the excuse not to go. You know, so uh, I'm going to hit South Carolina this uh, fall. I mean, this winter, I wanted to try to hit Ohio. Just a few little places, Missouri, maybe. Because you, wanna, you don't want to go too far because then too far north and it's freezing. Yeah. Right, we want to, you know, so you want to go a little bit and kind of venture out. So, I have this radius of like, you know, like I said, the five or six hour radius, and uh, I try to go to those places within that radius, uh, and you know, maybe venture out every once in a while, but not in the winter because I don't, I'm from New Orleans, I don't know how to drive in the snow. I mean, there's no reason to fake that. I I, I, can't, I don't know, how to feel. but yeah, but I mean, but next week we're going to Maine, you know, the fall trip, we're gonna Maine, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, you know, so we're gonna do those those things up there. That's the fall trip.
0: Oh, I'm excited to see that content. You know, we've been talking. Be you've been able to travel across the United States, not just down south and up the East Coast, but you even made it out to my neck of the woods, the Pacific Northwest. And you actually completed what I personally consider my favorite hike in all of the Pacific Northwest, and that's Eagle Creek Trail to Tunnel Falls. Um, what was your experience like?
1: So I've done the hike two times. So like I've been. I go to the Pacific. I go to your neck of the woods every year. So. Next year we have to hook up and do a hike, for so, sure, uh, and have a beer. So, yeah. uh, but so the first time I went early June is always the time in which I go. You know, I try to go at least. It was still everything was coming alive. The greenery, you know, the, the animals moving around. There were deer on the trail, uh, so it was an amazing journey. In the the elevation is not that bad, but it, it's a steady incline. You know, so it's not like you're you're busting your butt, but it is an incline you know, and then the, the, the mileage is a problem, you know, the rocks and all those other things. But along the way, there's so many unnamed waterfalls. The first time I I ever seen a succulent plant in the wild, you know, I was like, i only seen those on the ledge in older people's houses, right? And so there's a succulent on the ledge in the wild. I was like, this is amazing. Like, they really grow out here. So I'm a city guy. I'm a city guy at heart. So, you know, but, you know, the, the punch bowl and all the other ones were amazing. So I get to the Tunnel Falls, and like I said, it was June. I mean, the water was high everywhere. So I go through the tunnel to go to the other side, and there's roaring, you know. I can't even grab the rope. You know, I was like, man, I don't really know about this. This is this is a little bit much, right? Yeah. The city guy came into me. He's like, man, go home. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, this thing is, whew. You know, but you, you put in all the mileage to get there. And I was like, man, I can't see the rope. If I can't see the rope, I don't have anything to hold on to get out of this tunnel. So yeah. I'm like, Shh, I had to come back out here next year. You know? so, I outside. so I turned around and immediately was kicking myself in the butt. So this year I went with my friends and we went and went straight through and got to the end. And it was a Miz experience. That Twister fall back there and the other falls back there are well worth it. I wish I would have been able to see it when a decent water was flowing through it. Um, but it is one of my favorite hikes. Um, you get everything, the water crossings, the ferns, the, the wildlife, the waterfalls, if that's what you want, the swimming hole, because you can kind of go down to Punch Bowl and swim if you want. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, early June, it might be a little too cold. But that's an option, too. You know what I mean? There's, there's everything out there. There's one spot, but you can get everything that you want if you love hiking and being outside campgrounds you could camp in various places so it's it's a beautiful place man and it's probably one of my favorite places to go the Pacific Northwest in general, but every year, uh, you know, next year I'm going to swim in Punch Bowl, So next year I'm going down to Punch uh-huh. Bowl and I'm going to jump in.
0: Uh, I love that. Yeah. And you hit it right on the head. It's a gradual incline. But for me, when I did it last year, again, about a mile from the trailhead, I was like, man, this is more rocks than I remember. This is more miles than I remember. But I will say, so one thing I noticed, cause I did it before I moved to Hawaii. And there was a, a pretty bad fire. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maybe seven years ago. So they just reopened it about two years ago. All right. yes. The one I, I and mean, if you could say a positive effect of the fire is because it cleared out a lot of the trees and brush. You're actually seeing mm-hmm. more waterfalls than you used to. And I don't know if, if you could recall, but like, I feel like you're averaging like two waterfalls a mile oh. up to tunnel balls.
1: Yeah. And that, you know what? And that's a good point, because the first time I went to Oregon, I couldn't hike there because it was closed. And then the first time it was funny because, I, you know, uh, you always we hike. So we have this connection with nature, you know, seeing all the burned trees and you still smell it. It, it did something. But I felt emotional, you know, and I was like, I'm not even that kind of guy. You know, but, you know, you, f- you felt like this is my safe space and someone has destroyed some of it. And so it, it was it was a different kind of connection to that to that area for me. And it was it was very different. It was a very different feeling for me. But but it was also great, you know, and then the now to see it coming back to life. I'm sure it's not as thick as you remember it, but. To see it coming back to life is still amazing to see.
0: Yes, it's good to see the the regrowth of the forest. And I, I'm glad you mentioned Twister Falls because I feel like a lot of people, it's a reward to make it to Tunnel Falls. But if they know that, you know, Twister Falls, while it's not as big and grandiose as Tunnel Falls, is only like maybe a quarter mile past Tunnel Falls. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, uh, yeah, if that, it's a perfect lunch spot or just a, a perfect place to relax. And I'm glad you were able to, to visit it and see it because it is a little bit unique compared to some of the other waterfalls, how the streams kind of crisscross. Now, um, B, you went abroad recently, I think, to a place that's on a lot of hikers' bucket list, and that's Iceland. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you were able to capture some of that country's incredible waterfalls. Can you share a little bit about that experience and um, maybe a little bit about that roadside waterfall that you had all to yourself?
1: First of all, um, Iceland is one of those unique places because the waterfalls are so spectacular. You know, you see some that's going to be even the smaller ones. the, The backdrop of the waterfall is amazing. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna be able to see long distances and this waterfall is just in the middle of nowhere and it's like just amazing, you know, hundred foot waterfalls, you know, mossy rocks. So it's um it's a very unique place. I um there was a lot of things there that I felt like I didn't take enough footage. You know, I think we talked about that earlier. I felt like I and I still have a, a whole bunch of footage to go through, you know, but I feel like if I start looking at my footage, I'm like, man, I, I missed this. I missed that. I didn't catch this like I thought I should have. You know, my suggestion to anybody is to also have our itinerary. Of course, you want to have, we're all going to have that. But don't be so structured where you can't move outside of the itinerary. And I think that was my fault. You know, we, we had a plan, wanted to see these waterfalls, this, this, and this. And we didn't see all the ones we wanted to see. But there was a lot of things that we missed, you know. And if you have the time, and I spent the week there, and we have the time to see it and to kind of enjoy and be in the moment. That's what I would would say, like, just enjoy it, you know, give yourself two days in a location and move on. Uh, Another hiker told me about getting some food and preparing, like having a bunch of snacks with you. And that's one of the probably the most important things, because the time we went there was 22 hours of sunlight or whatever, something like that. So the sun really never goes down, you know, but you. I'm an early morning hiker, but you find yourself hiking and driving all day. Then you look at your watch and it's like nine o'clock. But (laughs) the thing is, every day still closes at nine o'clock. Just because the sun is out and it feels like three o'clock, these people are not working. You know, so (laughs) my thing is, and those snacks saved us a couple of days because we looked up. We was on a trail in the middle of nowhere. We couldn't get back to a restaurant. We just had to eat hummus and blueberry muffins or Doritos or something, you know? So it was like, so I would say, make sure that you, you know, you go to, there's a Sam's or Costco where the airport is. Um, And so I'll make sure you get you some snacks to kind of hold you over because you're going to go over in time just because there's so much to see. And we stayed at various Airbnbs around the island. So we moved around a lot, you know, got into some hot springs, uh, natural springs, whatever. Those, all those things are like you have to do those things. To seeing the sheep everywhere, you know, uh, was different too because they're just there in the middle of the road, you know. So it's, it's all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, another important point, if you want to go see some of the popular hikes, make sure you get to them early. But you can go at night or you can go in the middle, you know, go late on at night or in the morning. Sometimes we got out at two o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, two o'clock in the morning, you have all the, high, you know, all the waterfalls to yourself if it's one of those big ones that everybody wants to see. So, you know, my tip would be have a itinerary be flexible with your itinerary. Make sure you load up on food and water. You don't need water because everything is, the water is so good there. You don't have to buy the water. And just, you know, just enjoy the moment. It's a lot to take in. And, you know, it is feel blessed to be able to get out there and see it. And once you go, you have to go again.
0: So I'm I'm going again. Yeah, I feel like Iceland is one of those places where, you know, you set your itinerary. But then once you get there, you see something or another traveler tells you about another location. So you do a little side quest. It's one of those things where even in the moment, you're just adding to the the list of things you want to see.
1: Oh, and one more thing. Bring some uh water repellent pants like some water you know waterproof pants or something because you're going to get wet the whole every day you're going to get wet whether it's raining or some the, the mist from the waterfall some of the mist from the waterfall had everything in my bag soaked yeah it's bad so make sure you have the little rain jacket for your backpack and everything that's water you know waterproof cuz you're going to get wet
0: it's ridiculous oh solid tip You know, one of the the segments that we like to do here on the podcast is do a deep dive on our guests' Instagram and pick a picture that captures our attention. And, you know, the one that caught my attention right off the bat is that you got a chance to visit Oahu and you actually did Cocoa Head and the Stairs of Doom. How was that experience? But then also you did like Cocoa Head's mainland big brother, the Manitou Incline in Colorado. How did they compare? Because Manitou's like basically double Cocoa Head, I feel like.
1: Okay, so this is the experience in, in uh, Cocoa Hut. So I go up there, look at, I see it from the road. Both hikes, you can see them from the road, you know. So you now you have to really start assessing: Am I physically fit to do this? Right? So do I have enough water? So you're thinking about all these things, right? I'm going up Cocoa Hut, so it's ego crushing because you're going up and you're having a hard time. Then there's somebody carrying a 80 pound pit bull on their back, just going up the mountain. Or there's you know there's the UFC guys up there with all kinds of weights and chains on them they just speeding by you. So you have to keep your ego in check, first of all, with both of them. You know, you have to realize that these jokers, are, they don't know who another level out here. You know, can some people go out there to train? I think that uh, Cocoa Hut was, at the time I did, it was a little bit more dangerous. Uh, they had parts in which there, there were no rails on the side and you could fall 20 feet down. So that was a little bit more dangerous at that point. I don't know. That was, you know, there was when I first started hiking like six years ago. So uh, that was the major difference between the two. Manitou was the same thing. I get out to Manitou and there's some guys training to be firefighters with their whole gear on and their oxygen tank and they're running up and down the mountain. So, you know, it's just crazy, right? Uh, and then Manitou has the, the numbers on it count. So, you know, you know where you are in, in reference to where you have to go. So all of that is these mind games, this thing is just, you know, but it's both of them are really uh, amazing, but Manitou, You know, you go in and you go down the backside. But Cocoa Head, you go up, you got to come down the same place. So if it was dangerous going up, it was going to be dangerous coming down. You know, Manitou, you get a little break but with the steepness, but it's longer uh, because it's just a regular trail. So that's one of the major differences with them. Um, But both of them are extraordinary places to see and to get out there. Some beautiful people out there. And, you know, the views are amazing no matter when you do it.
0: For folks that don't know, so Cocoa Head, I think, is under a mile it's about a thousand feet of elevation gain from the parking lot. But then Manitou, I want to say it's like the same mileage to the top, but it's two thousand feet of elevation gain. And you mentioned that there's numbers so you know how far you're you're in. And I don't know if that's if that would mess with me more knowing you know I have X amount of steps left, or, or it would motivate me. It's
1: demoralizing. It's demoralizing. <laughs> you know, because you're because you're sweating going in. You you look down and you're on step 50, I'm like, oh, God, you know, so it's like,
0: man. Now, um, B, I feel like a lot of day hikers and even some backpackers, they might have a regular routine or maybe a regular custom that they do on or off the trail. Sometimes it's a favorite snack or meal. For some, it's a summit beer. For others, it's just a moment of zen. Is there a regular thing that you like to do on some of your hikes?
1: Yeah, when my food of choice on the hikes, I'm going to give me a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, some apples, some grapes and oranges, ton of water, of course, and a six pack of beer. So, you know, I'm bringing that in. Uh, and, you know, of course, with my camera and all of that stuff, the drone. So uh, I walk in and you know, so that's the ritual uh, when I get the, to the hike or to the wherever I'm going, waterfall or summit. You know, it's the a lot of times if it's the water and it's springtime or early summer, I'm taking my shoes off, put my feet in the water, having me a cold beer. I'm just chilling, you know, I find me a, a spot away from the people. Um, and that's just my area, my time. You know, you, life sometimes is so crazy. Sometimes you just need some quiet, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, drink some water. So I spend, you know, sometimes 45 minutes to two hours out there just chilling. And that's, that's a, another thing that I've learned in my journey with hiking before, because I would get out there, see the waterfall, and want to turn back and go to the next one, you know? So, it's, um, enjoying the process and being in the moment is the thing that I'm working on the most right now. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Steve, you know, I feel like a lot of hikers, especially early on, there's some growing pains and some learning experiences that we all kind of come across or experience. Has there been any close calls or having an unexpected wildlife encounter or maybe Mother Nature, like the tornado catching you? By I su- surprise the tornado warning um have you had any of those experiences
1: okay so like the group the guys that i hike with or the people that i hike with some of us are all city guys right so we don't we haven't moved in nature like this we're all city guys so we're doing a subway in utah and we're like you out, know, you know we gotta per- get the permit and we're going to you know the subway hiking whatever so we're just hiking just following the trail Right. It's like four or five of us or something. We're talking stuff and just hiking, you know, uh, early start, of course. we're out there. We're still talking about the people at the, the center telling us to make sure that our family members know where we are, because if we get lost, they're not coming for us. Right. So that's what we're talking about. Like this is wild. Like nobody's gonna come for 48 hours, you know. Like so, I'm like, you know, everybody's making sure somebody knows where they are. So we're hiking, we're just following this trail and realize that we're not on the trail. We're just out here somewhere, way off the trail, and you know, it's, it's we're in Utah, no signal. So we're like, what is going on? Like, you know, so I think one of us was like, dude, this is not the trail. He's like, oh, yeah, sure it is. No, dude, this is not the trail. We we're like, what? So we found our way, like going down some path to get to the trail that was super dangerous. You know, I'm already sweating my butt off because it's hot and I'm not supposed to be hot. You know, so it was like my feet hurt already and I'm not even into the hike. You know, it was because we're rocking, walking on all these rocks and stuff. And that was probably it, it took us about an hour off trail. Uh, and it, so it made the whole hike. It was already a difficult hike. It made the whole hike that much more interesting. That was one. Another one, we, we had a, a close call at Mailbox out there in uh, Seattle from one of the guys we had all new guy, new hiker guy. We didn't check his bag. He had all kinds of stuff that he shouldn't have had on a hike. So we had to split it up. In the process of splitting it up, he knocked somebody's water bottle loose. So he lost all his water. You know, so we're all like, oh, man. You know, so by the end of the hike, you know, we're all hurting because we got his stuff. He's hurting because he wasn't ready for the hike. But, you know, his memories and laughs. Uh, so it was a great time. So, But, you know, but some of those times we kind of on the line of like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we all so do stuff. You know, we got the satellite phone now. We got, you know, the safety kits and all that kind of yeah. stuff that we were starting. We didn't think we needed, Yeah, you know, luckily no one has ever gotten hurt or we haven't gotten really lost when we, you know, were out there with no protection. That was crazy. But, you know, but that's one of the most craziest things that was happening.
0: Now, B, for, for folks that are interested in visiting your beautiful state of Alabama or um, surrounding um, states like Tennessee, any tips or advice for hikers of like maybe when to go, maybe what to pack? Like if mosquitoes are bad or insects are bad. Yeah. Any general tips or advice?
1: Yeah. I would say anywhere from, um, if you just want to see the colors of the leaves and blah, 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 you know, October is going to be beautiful. But we don't have a lot of rainfall in October. So some of our waterfalls are not going to be, not going to be flowing as well as going to flow in the spring. So I would say if you want to come in this area in November, December, because it's still not cold yet. And then towards the end of February, March, April, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing water flowing in almost all of the waterfalls. You just have to, you know, if you can do some stuff in the middle of the week, if you want to go to those swimming holes, I would advise that in the spring because the weekends are going to be a lot of people out there. So, you know, you can do November, December uh, in this area for the water. And then uh, once again, late February on because that's when it starts to warm up. And warm up to us is like, you know, 50s, 40s. So it's perfect hiking weather. You put a jacket on and a hat. You know, you'll get warm, but you'll be fine. You, won't, you
0: know, you won't be freezing. You know, B, one thing I, I wanted to ask, and I've noticed a big shift here in the Pacific Northwest um, from when I started hiking to recently. You know, back when I started hiking, um, I really didn't see that much diversity on the trails. And you coming from from a city life to then being uh, a person who loves the outdoors, do you have any tips for advice for folks that might not have... Like access to the outdoors, but are interested in maybe getting into hiking or just enjoying the outdoors themselves.
1: Yeah, I get a lot of uh, people saying, "Man, uh, did some kind of animal attack you? What kind of animals do you see? What kind of snakes you see?" So a lot of people um, are reluctant to go because they think they have this fear that you're hiking, you want to run across all kinds of wild animals, and bears are going to eat you up. You know, there's going to be those isolated events, of course. But I say uh, wherever you are. Just go walking in a local park, you know, just to get out there and see that, you know, all of this stuff is not, some of this stuff is the figment of your imagination, you know, but there there are wild animals out there, but I've done a lot of hikes and I hadn't seen anything. You know, I've seen some stuff, but nothing that I felt like was going to attack me or, you know, get in the way of me going home. You know, so I want people to just get out there first and see that, you know, it's not as dangerous or, you know, your life won't be threatened on, on the trail. With that being said, even... When you're on the trail, you got to make sure you're moving safely, right? We're not going to be taking any chances, running around. You know, you want to make sure your footing is secure, have the proper footwear. If you're a person that doesn't have good balance, make sure you have some poles with you. Um, So you want to take those things into account, but you also want to just get outside, you know? Just get outside and realize that um, this stuff is free, right? You know, you people go on vacations and go to these resorts and do spend all this money. You can go on a hike and have a great time. And all it takes is some sweat equity.
0: Now, B, we're almost wrapping up 2023. Do you have any um, hiking goals for the remainder of the year or uh, maybe some hiking goals for 2024?
1: Yeah, I want to go uh, see some stuff on the Northeast. So I want to go to uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and maybe uh, Massachusetts around in that area. I want to do that. Uh, I love to go to South Carolina, like I said earlier. I have some friends up in Ohio, wanted to kind of get up there. Probably won't make all of these things, but it's lofty dreams. You know, Missouri, we'll to go to Missouri because all of those things are within a short distance from me. But Maine is for sure. Uh, South Carolina is something that's in, on my radar. You know,
0: if I can find a
1: weekend to slide out there and go, that'll be fine. And, you know,
0: maybe uh, Utah. I'll uh, be that. Well, that sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing the content from your Northeast trip and, you know, what's to come in 2024. That was it for the regular questions. This next section of the podcast is the this or that question. So I'm going to give you two hiking-related topics, and you just choose what you personally enjoy out of the two. So the first one is, do you prefer ascending or descending? Uh, Descending. And then I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll still ask it. Waterfalls or summits?
1: Waterfalls, of course,
0: yeah. And when it comes to trails, especially the incline ones like um, Cocoa Head or or something that's um, strenuous, switchbacks or straight up? Straight up. Do you like trek poles or freehand? Freehand. And then this is a new one, but when it comes to your footwear, are you trail runners or hiking boots? Trail runners, I like trail runners. The next one is uh, again about the trail systems, but do you prefer a loop trail or an outback trail?
1: Uh, loop trail really because you can see something different you know uh, but it, it just depends because sometimes you're going in and you're focused uh, you know you're not focused on the trail so you want to see that stuff and get that footage coming back uh, so I guess if I had to pick one I'd just say out and back I guess
0: and I think I know the answer to this one too but when it comes to a body of water do you stay dry or do you jump in it's going to
1: depend on the time of the year, but you know I'm going to get in. I might not jump in, my feet going to be in there. You know I'm going to sit in there. You know I'm going to I'm going to touch the water. A towel is going to be in my bag, right? So to to yeah.
0: That. And this next one's tough because you've seen both of them from where you live and then where where you've been able to hike. But sunsets or sunrises?
1: Oh man, sunrise. Sunrise guy.
0: And then um, this is another equally tough one: spring wildflowers or fall colors.
1: Oof. Oh, man, that was tough. <laughs> it's tough. Oh, man, that's tough. I, I would say fall colors. I would say fall colors. I will.
0: And then the last one is when it comes to your social media, do you tag a hike or do you not tag a hike?
1: It depends, man. That's a really, that's a discussion that we should have had. Um, but yeah, I would uh, nine times out of 10, I would tag. What I found um, here recently, you know, are people are real funny about that. You know, when I didn't tag a couple of hikes, I had people who don't even follow me. You know, demanding that I tag this hike. You know, I was like, you don't even follow me. You know, it's no good morning there. How you doing? Yeah. It's where's this hike? You should put this hike. And I was like, you know, it's, so it, it, it makes you feel some kind of way about that. You know, I mean, um, I'm not trying to hide these locations from anybody. By no means, I want everybody to get outside. You know, especially minorities to, to get out there and understand it and, and deal with it with nature. You know, we can, connect but yeah, I will tag them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those interesting, um, situations online. I think that's probably the most controversial thing when it comes to the outdoor community and Instagram.
1: Right? you know, It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because a lot of times some of these places are being defaced and not appreciated, you know? So, you know, you feel like you understand both sides of it you know and then a lot of time i know you've been hiking for a while you do so much research trying to find these hikes, and you're conversing with other people you know you put a lot of effort in that and for somebody just to be like hey i want that that level of entitlement is a problem as well you know because i'm like just like i might have talked to you about it might talk to this person that person and i'll maybe looked it up and then went to all trails to file you know find a whole bunch of stuff with it so you know it's that kind of thing too so it goes both ways but we have to protect the outdoors as well as, so we have to kind of educate about, you know, taking care of the outdoors. And, you know, I've hiked off trail sometimes too, so I don't want to stand here and be like, I'm the, no, you know, no leave no trace guy. I believe in the principles, but I, ha- I have hiked off trail, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't want to stand and judge, but I don't like the painting, the drawing, yeah. or the stripping bark off the tree. Those to me, that's crossing the line. yeah You know, I've been on some hikes and found a barbecue grill. You know, a barbecue. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you, you know you left a barbecue grill out here? Yeah. Or, or or a cooler or like one shoe. Like, you walk back to the car with one shoe? You know, so, so it's like some of those things. So I, I get the whole not tagging it also. But, you know, some of us who know nature, respect nature, we want
0: to see it and enjoy it as well. I think you made a great point. For those online, especially if they're not following you, you're not going to get the hike by... You know, demanding it without being cordial—that's just not a way you approach any hiker, whether it's online or on the trail. Yeah, All right.
1: well, just right. right. in the grocery store, you say, "Good morning." Hey, good morning. Yeah, and I was like, "Man, this is this is this is crazy." You know?
0: Well, that was it for, for the this or that questions, B For folks that want to follow you on social media and see some of the wonderful content and waterfalls that you've been able to post, where can they follow you on uh, Instagram?
1: Uh, you can follow me on uh, MOLA underscore roots, Ella, as well as you can follow me on WeHike2. Um, I have two pages, so you can find me on either one of them. I post and tag the other one all the time. So those are going to be uh, the two places that you can find me.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been uh, amazing talking to you.
1: Well, thank you for the invite, man. I really appreciate you and what you're doing for the community. Thanks, B.
0: All right, let's talk again. And that brings us to the end of this episode alongside B. We extend a heartfelt thanks to him for coming on the podcast. Make sure to stay connected and follow his upcoming adventures on Instagram at NOLA underscore roots. Be sure to check out the episode show notes to see his other Instagram page, too. We have an incredible lineup of episodes planned throughout the fall, and we can't wait to share them with you. New episodes will be dropping every Monday with occasional bonus episodes on Fridays. To ensure you never miss out on those thrilling tales, remember to hit that like and subscribe button. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to join our vibrant community on Instagram, at hikesandmikes. We'll be sharing episode visuals, my own personal hiking content, and so much more. Let's stay connected and continue to inspire each other on this remarkable journey. As we bid farewell, remember to tread those happy trails, embrace the great outdoors, and keep the spirit of adventure alive. Until next time, my fellow explorers, happy hiking. This episode's music was created by Ketza. Follow him on Instagram, at KetzaMusic. This episode is brought to you by Flip Socks. Whether you're on the trail, on the job, or in the yard, Flip Socks will keep Mother Nature out of your boots with their innovative nylon sleeve. You no longer need to worry about any annoying debris getting trapped in your boots during your hikes. Simply flip down the nylon sleeve over any boot to prevent Mother Nature from finding its way inside, keeping your feet comfortable all day long. To get your first pair, visit flipsockswithaz.com and enter promo code hikesmikes 10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for listeners who use the promo code at checkout, I'll be donating 100% of the season two promo code proceeds to big city mountaineers who provide transformative experiences through connections to nature that strengthen life skills and build community for youth and disinvested communities across the nation. So if you're tired of bits and pieces of the trail finding its way into your hiking boots, pick up a pair of flip socks today with the promo code HIKESMIKES10 to get 10% off for website and promo code See the episode description.